This time on Geek Pod Blue. Warning, station is now code blue. edition of Geek Pod Blue. I am your host, Hugh, and today we are going to talk about Krampus, or Krampus, or however you want to pronounce it. It's German, so who actually knows? Except for Germans, they probably know. Now, when I told my wife that I was going to be doing this uh, little a crazy, crazy event series, and I brought up Krampus, she goes, that sounds like something I get in my period, and I'm like, I already planned on making that joke, but now you can make it, and it doesn't make me look as bad. Um, but yes, Krampus is basically the anti-Santa Claus, and if you've been paying attention in pop culture, there's certainly been a resurgence in the Krampus myth in the last few years. Uh, not only just in movies, but even as far, and, and I have to say, the first time I ever heard of Krampus was when Anthony Bourdain talked about it, and he did a whole little animated Krampus short that they couldn't show on TV, uh, because it was too scary for his show. I believe it was No Reservations at that time. It was before he made the jump to CNN. Uh, but Krampus is basically, like I said, the anti-Santa Claus. Now, in folklore, Krampus is a, a horned figure described as half goat, half demon. And during the Christmas season, he punishes wicked little children who have misbehaved, you know, as opposed to Santa Claus, who rewards the well-behaved with gifts and candies and things like that. Uh, Krampus is one of the companions of St. Nicholas, uh, and in several countries he is uh, put in folklore, like Austria, Croatia, Hungary, and such. Uh, the origin of the figure is a little unclear, but we have some ideas. And we do think that um, some uh, anthropologists have postulated that it's it's a pre-Christian idea that was folded into uh, modern society, uh, much like other aspects of the Santa Claus myth. Now, uh, traditionally, there are parades, um, like uh, they're called like Kromslauf, uh, where people will dr- dress up as campus and they'll, they'll run around towns and things like that. Uh, certainly, that's a modern day thing that wasn't always allowed. Uh, there was actually a point in time where Krampus celebrations uh, were prohibited, but more on that in just a moment. The history of the Krampus figure has been uh, postulated to stretch back to the pre-Christian Alpine traditions. Um, In a brief article discussing uh, Krampus, uh, Maurice Bruce wrote, There seems to be little doubt to his true identity, for in no other form is the full regalia of the horned god of the witches so well preserved. The birch, apart from its phallic significance, may have a connection with the initiation rites of certain witch covens, rites which entailed binding and scourging as a form of mock death. And the chains could have been introduced in a Christian attempt to bind the devil. But again, that could be a remnant of pagan initiation rites. Uh, Another writer, and I'm pulling this right from uh, Wikipedia, uh, discussed his observations in 1975 in a small town uh, in Styria called Erndang. It was anthropologist John J. Honig wrote, The St. Nicholas Festival we are describing incorporates cultural elements widely distributed in Europe, in some cases going back to pre-Christian times. 
Nicholas himself became popular in Germany around the 11th century. The feast dedicated to this patron of children is only one winter occasion in which children are the objects of special attention, others being Martinmas and the Feast of Holy Innocence. In New Year's Day, mass devils acting boisterously and making nuisances of themselves are known in Germany since at least the 16th century, while animal mask devils combining dreadful comic antics appeared in medieval church plays. Uh, you know, I have to say, mass devils asking boisterously and uh, making nuisance of, of themselves sounds like Syracuse most of the time. A large literature, much of it by European folklorists, bears on these subjects. Austrians in the community we studied are quite aware of the heathen elements being blended with the Christian elements in the St. Nicholas customs and in other traditional winter ceremonies. They believe Krampus derives from a pagan supernatural who was assimilated to the, into the Christian devil. So they believe that much like... Um, in the previous episode, we talked about how Santa was combined with another figure. Krampus was kind of combined with the devil to create, um, you know, a, a cohesive narrative for the religions. Uh, now, Krampus, the original Krampus figures, you know, were persisted in the 17th century, uh, up until the 17th century. At that point, it had been incorporated into the Christian winter celebrations, pairing him up with Santa Claus. Now, there was uh, some issues because, like I said, uh, Krampus was uh, outlawed at one point in Europe after the uh, 20, uh, 1923 elections. Uh, the Krampus tradition was prohibited uh, because they felt that uh, you know Krampus was an evil man and it was a bad thing to be uh, you know celebrating that and pushing that. But in the 1950s, uh, they were still saying, "Hey, you know, Krampus is an evil man." But like most things, it started being revived first in Bavaria with local artistic traditions, um, people making hand-carved wooden masks and things like that. Um, the countries of the former Hellsberg uh, Empire largely borrowed the tradition of Krampus, uh, who accompanied St. Nicholas on uh, the 5th of December from Austria. Krampus himself historically comes around the night of December 5th, tagging along with St. Nicholas. Uh, as we know, um, December 6th was St. Nicholas's birthday, so of course he shows up the night before. He visits all the houses uh, that night with his pal, and while St. Nick is on hand to put candy into the shoes of good kids and birch twigs, in the shoes of bad, Krampus, his specialty is punishing kids. And a legend has it throughout the Christmas season, misbehaved kids are beaten with birch branches or can disappear, stuffed into Krampus' sack and hauled off to his lair, or tortured or eaten. Yes, Auntie Santa eats the evil children. That's, um, guy, get you know, man, people in history are fucked up. Um, basically, you've got... God and the devil is what we're seeing, you know, with, with Santa Claus. You know, we're seeing the um, the good represented by Santa Claus and the bad represented by, you know, Krampus. Uh, now, Krampus' roots have nothing to do with Christmas, even though they're tied into it. As I've said, they, they date back to pre-Germanic paganism in, the, in that region. Uh, the name originates with the German Krampen, which means claw. And tradition has it that he is the son of the, of the Norse god of the underworld, world hell. During the 12th century, uh, the Catholic Church attempted to banish Krampus celebrations, like we said even before, because of his resemblance to the devil. More eradication attempts followed in 1934 at the hands of Austria's conservative Christian Social Party. But you can't keep a, a, a good bad guy down, much like Freddy Krueger. He continued coming back all the time. Now, 
when they have these celebrations and these parades and their child hunting, as they call it, uh, some think it's fun. You know, uh, they do have concerns that some of the refugees in the towns could find the tradition frightful and uh, it might scare people. Now, when they decide to have these festivals, uh, they're getting, you know, refugees, tourists, all this stuff. So what they started doing is they they would put out uh, literature just letting people know that, hey, we're not really evil. All we're doing is, you know, celebrating this tradition because they didn't want to scare people off. Moving on to more traditions, and this is, this is quite interesting. In the 1900s, uh, the idea of giving Krampus cards at Christmas uh, became very commonplace. Now, while he's you know generally shown in many forms, the most common one is kind of like the devil, you know, covered in hair, um, black or brown. He has cloven hooves and horns, a long pointed tail, and he carries chains. Um, you know, maybe to drag the kids away, maybe binding by the devil, whatever. Uh, but what would happen is people would start giving out Krampus cards at Christmas. Rather than Christmas cards, you would receive Krampus cards, which would have pictures of Krampus with his chains and his long tongue, you know, spanking a ch- child or hauling them away, things like that. Uh, I mean, pretty scary stuff. I guess I'm kind of glad that... Uh, Uh, that turned into traditional Christmas cards, because that is a little scary. Um, Moving on to other Krampus celebrations, uh, or uh, traditions or myths, it's customary to offer a Krampus schnapps, which is a strong distilled fruit brandy, um, to everybody over the holiday season. Hopefully that keeps Krampus away, uh, and he does not... uh, hurt you in any way, shape, or form. Um, There's also lots of... Other greeting cards, not just children, but of Krampus um, pursuing busty women and things like that. Some very um, overt sexual overtones, which I find interesting because I, you don't really see that in other representations of the devil. They never have the devil chasing around. Well, in tattoos, I guess. You know, in American uh, traditional tattoos, you might see stuff like that. But the devil chasing busty ladies is not something you expect from the early 1900s. Um, there are other variations uh, in the region. You know, in Styria, there's something called rootin' bundles, which are presented by Krampus to families. And they're twigs that are painted gold that displayed year-round in the house. And it's a reminder to any kid who has forgotten about Krampus, you know, that, hey, you, know, you better behave, or on December 5th, Krampus might put you in a sack and take you to hell, or drown you, or eat you, because that's fucked up. Now, in North America, we're starting to see a a huge resurgence in, um, first of all, knowledge of Krampus, but uh, people celebrating it. Now, recently, there have been, you know, bar crawls, toy drives, fundraisers, and celebrations in North America. In just a few cities, these cities here I'm about to read, like Washington, D.C., Toronto, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, Dallas, Philadelphia, uh, and Edmonton have all had Krampus nights or, or some sort of Krampus celebration. Uh, which, you know, just goes to show, you know, America is good at taking, appropriating other people's cultures and kind of turning it into something else. Now, I don't say that in a bad way because I enjoyed uh, the Krampus movie and I enjoyed uh, a Christmas horror 
movie or a horror story. I forget if it's movie or story. Uh, I mentioned that last week. I think it's on Netflix. You definitely need uh, to check that out because it's awesome. Now, Krampus has shown up in some other countries, um, you know, uh, like in Croatia. They've uh, described him as a devil wearing a cloth sack around his waist and chains around his neck, ankles, and wrists. And uh, it's part of a, a tradition when a child receives a gift from St. Nicholas, he's given a golden branch to represent his good deeds. However, if the child is misbehaved, Krampus will take the gifts and leave only a silver branch to represent the child's bad acts. Because, you know, silver isn't worth as much as gold, but a poor kid in Croatia, you know, he's going to take that as a punishment rather than go hawk that silver branch and buy food for his family for the rest of the year. Uh, it's, I think I'd take the silver branch. I'd be okay with that. It wouldn't bother me. Uh, let's see. Uh, other parts. There are other uh, other characters that come along in the uh, the Krampus um, the Krampus story, I guess. Along with St. Nicholas, there's a woodsman. There's angels. Uh, there's all sorts of different characters that feed into these plays and these parades that they do. Uh, and, and he's even been in popular culture. Now, I'm not going to go through a list of stuff. We talked about the movie. Uh, everyone knows my favorite, one of my favorite TV shows is Supernatural. And uh, Krampus even appeared on Supernatural uh, back in season three. And they end up having to track down Krampus because he's an ancient pagan god. And, uh, you know, people are disappearing and Sam and Dean have to end him. Now, I'm told that he's appeared in many other things like Family Guy and The Simpsons. I haven't watched those episodes because I don't watch those shows. But... It certainly goes to show, even before Krampus was wildly, widely known, there were people who were creating content here in the United States who were aware of this tradition. Now, that's probably why it's been pulled into our popular culture and social conscience, if you will, uh, because of all of these uh, appearances that Krampus has made in other media. And that's going to wrap up our little history of Krampus. I don't know if you've been naughty or you've been nice. I'm guessing most of the people I know are on the naughty list. You may want to watch out because Krampus might be giving you a visit this year. And, and there's my phone again, just like clockwork. Hold on. Let's see what Paul has to say today. And Paul says today, on the third day of Christmas, my Hugh friend gave to me three text messages ending in, it's like I don't even know you anymore. And that is going to wrap things up for today. Make sure you tune in tomorrow when I will have more Christmas goodness heading your way. Till then, tuck and roll, kids. GeekPod Blue is a GeekPod Network production. Executive producers Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Concept created by Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Intro is Opportunity by Jameis Breed. Closing is Bucket by Jameis Breed. Both licensed for use by Dennis Johnston. Want to help the show? Leave a five-star rating on iTunes. GeekPod can be reached at contribute at geekpod.com or send us a tweet at geekpod. That's G33KPOD. You can also find GeekPod on Facebook and Instagram. G33KPOD. That's G33KPOD.